0: Hello and welcome back to the World Watch Weekly Podcast. My name is Andrew and with me is Jared. Uh, We are excited to dive into a new episode, but before we get there, we wanted to take a moment and pause and say thank you to everyone who participated in One With Them, A Day for Christian Captives. Uh, We were blown away by the number of pledges, uh, I have people who pledged to pray for uh, those held captive for their faith in Jesus Christ and the number of churches that participated. Uh We are just so thankful uh, for everyone getting behind our brothers and sisters who are held captive, and we know that our prayers are making a difference. And so thank you so much for taking the time to participate. Today, we want to get back to where we started as a podcast and focusing on one country from the World Watch List. Uh, but before we dive into that country... Jared, why don't you just explain to those who maybe are new to the podcast or have forgotten what the World Watch List is?
1: For sure. The World Watch List is a document produced by Open Doors that is a authoritative ranking of the top 50 countries in the world where persecution is experienced by Christians. And this week, we wanted to talk about the country of Comoros. Now, Comoros is among the smallest countries in the world. And if you uh, happen to be following along maybe with a map of the world, you'd probably actually have a hard time even seeing it on a map. But if you look at the continent of Africa and you go off of the East Coast beside Mozambique, between Mozambique and the big island of Madagascar, near the top of that channel of water, there's uh, three islands or three visible islands. There's many smaller ones there that wouldn't show up on a map. And those islands there are the country of Comoros. It's very, very small. There's approximately 800,000 people there. The islands are volcanic with uh, steep mountains and deep lowlands. And if any of you have ever used essential oils, Comoros is among the top producers of essential oils in the world. I thought that was interesting. So as a little island off the coast of Africa, Comoros doesn't show up very much in world history. But the fact that it's 98% Islam goes back all the way to the Middle Ages when Islam first swept Africa, especially North Africa, and the inhabitants of Comoros, uh, according to legend, actually sailed to Mecca to learn more about this new religion. And that was the process of uh, making the islands fully Islamic. And today, uh, they are 98% Sunni Islam, and any other religion, including other forms of Islam, are suppressed. Only about 2% of the country identifies as any kind of Christian, whether Protestant or Roman Catholic. And after the, uh, the, the independence of Comoros in 1975, uh, missionaries were kicked out of the islands and, uh, and European Christian influence was, was removed. And so today, converting to Christianity from Islam can carry the death sentence, and any sort of proselytizing or evangelizing carries with it significant legal action.
0: Comoros uh, is, as we said, is number fifty on the World Watch List now. And not have much has changed in the country in terms of the persecution score in the last several years, although it did go up this past year. But uh, in the in the nineteen nineties, Comoros uh, was regularly ranked in the top twenty of the World Watch List. Uh, but thankfully, since then, the country has greatly improved. Uh, but there's still a lot of persecution. And in this last year, as I mentioned, uh, the the pressure has gone up because the government has been being put pressure on all religious groups outside of Sunni Islam. Now, the constitution of uh, Comoros declares that there's freedom of religion, but the government has said that there is no freedom of religion for Comorians, and that that they believe that the freedom of religion in the constitution is actually for foreigners and so if you are comorian it means you you are muslim according to the government uh and so any any converts any christians have to hide their faith and uh and can't o- openly share as you already mentioned it carries uh you know harsh
1: penalties there are a few functioning christian churches on the islands of comoros and they're almost entirely congregated by foreigners simply because, uh, the uh, native Camorians cannot practice Christianity openly. So the churches that are even there are only for the, for use by foreigners.
0: Right. And, and because, uh, the government, because they have this, this stance the freedom religion is, is only for foreigners. Uh, locals are able to take that, and uh, as a license to uh, pressure and persecute uh, those who have become Christians. Now, we, we do see that persecution is common in all Christian communities in Comoros, but as you can probably guess from how we've been talking already, that the level of persecution uh, for Christians who come from a Muslim background, who have converted to Christianity, is definitely the highest.
1: One interesting fact about culture in Comoros is that it's matriarchal and matrilineal. And so the differences in persecution between women and men is actually flipped from most countries. Most countries, women have fewer rights, and so the pressure on them is greater. In Comoros, it's quite interesting. Uh, Women and girls who convert to Christianity um, are able to actually pass that on to their children more than they might be able to in other places male converts in comoros are often uh married well when when they marry uh, into a family they actually are expected to move in with their wife's family and be a part of uh, of her extended family and so a male convert to christianity might not get equal treatment in his new family uh, if he's not a muslim while a female convert might be able to uh exert a little more influence on the faith of her family.
0: Let's just tell a quick story uh, of a, a believer from Comoros to help illustrate uh, what life is like there. This is a story of a, of a man named Titus, which is obviously not his real name. Titus came from a, a devout Muslim family, and his journey to Christ took more than three years. He, he shares that the most radical change came through two of his friends, who were also give pseudonyms, Ahmed and Abdullah. Uh, they were constantly different from the other people around me, Titus says. They were generous and always showed great hospitality. They never lied. People warned me to stay away from them because they were Christians, but I ignored them.
1: Titus knew the rumors that his friends were Christians, but he was afraid to ask them. Eventually, he says, I became so puzzled by the persecution they faced that I decided to ask them. Without hesitation or fear, they admitted that they were Christians. I decided I wanted to learn more because they painted such a wonderful picture of Christianity to me. They loved Jesus and wanted to follow all his commands. Well, Titus had a lot of questions about Christianity and his friends were able to answer them all. They told Titus about, creation, about the fall of humanity, about the cross, about heaven, and about Jesus. And Titus remembers, the more I listened, the more I found myself in crisis. These good friends told me God has a son, yet Islam teaches that God can never have a child. On one side, there was God and Jesus. On the other was Allah and Muhammad. Well, Titus was always wondering which one was the right way. And after a long time of thinking he finally became sure that jesus was the way and the truth and the life and he decided to follow jesus
0: barely three days after this decision to follow christ titus's house burned down he was only able to rescue his computer Uh, all he had uh, other than that were the clothes on his back you know titus says i felt like this was a test of my faith in christ but it turned out to be faith strengthening Ultimately, Ahmed and uh, Abdullah uh, were the only ones that helped him. And they gave him clothes, shelter, food, money, helped him get him back on his feet. Uh, and, th- and this really helped reinforce his decision to follow Christ because his friends had shown uh, Jesus' character in the way they lived out their life. We're going to pray for for Titus and, and for other believers in a minute, but I, I just... want to encourage you today as we hear that story think about how Titus came to know Jesus because Ahmed and Abdullah lived a life that represented Jesus Mm
1: -hmm.
0: it it was all about their life was like Christ and that should be a challenge to all of us if if in a country that is 98% Muslim, a country that you can't evangelize and you can't prosely- proselytize and you could, you know, be imprisoned, uh, for doing that. Just living differently than the world around you because you live mm-hmm. for Christ it makes a difference. That is the beginning of evangelism. And now ultimately it led, uh, Titus to asking questions. And thankfully these friends had the courage and the boldness to answer honestly said we are christians and told them about jesus and and they could have faced consequences and they could have faced punishment because of that but they had the courage and the boldness to to be witnesses for jesus christ and so that's a challenge for for me that's a challenge i believe for us uh, as a church uh in the west in canada but uh let's let's move into a time of of prayer today jared what are some of the ways that we could be praying for christians in comoros
1: Well, first of all, we can pray that Christians will be able to continue living like Jesus, living blamelessly and fearlessly, and that that will open doors uh, for the gospel in Comoros.
0: It's just like uh, the brothers we heard about in our story today. Uh, Let's also pray uh, for for Christians uh, from a Muslim background who have left Islam to follow Jesus. Ask God to give them wisdom, courage, and support so that they would know that they are never alone.
1: And lastly we'll specifically pray for titus in his journey of faith and we'll pray that uh, he will be able to reflect jesus to his family and his uh, his community of friends and that he will be given strength and courage to do so so we're going to take a moment now and pray lord god this tiny country so often uh, goes unnoticed in the world I'm sure uh, some people listening uh, to the podcast will probably not have even heard of it. And Lord, we know that uh, these people in Comoros are loved by you and you know them intimately. You know every hair on their head. And Lord, we pray today that you would strengthen the church in Comoros despite the persecution. We pray that you would be with our brothers and sisters there who are seeking to live like you. We pray that you would grant them strength and courage and peace in the midst of the restrictions against Christianity, help them to live blamelessly and fearlessly. Uh, Like these two friends in the story, Lord, that they would be able to eagerly share their faith with others and that their testimony would be a source of light in the spiritually dark place. We pray for those who have converted to Christianity from Islam. We pray that you would give them as well, a special measure of strength. They are the ones against whom uh, much of the harm will be done, and we pray for protection. We pray that you will hold them in your arms, Lord, and they would find themselves uh, free and, uh, and be able to live out that freedom uh, uh, in a greater way than they ever have before. May you be with our brother Titus. We thank you for his journey of faith and how you were able to draw him to you. May you grant him the courage to share his faith with his family and his friends, Lord, and may his testimony uh, be something that people look at and they begin to wonder what happened to Titus, what changed in his life. May that be an open door for the gospel in Comoros, we pray. Thank you for your church, God. May you continue to strengthen them around the world. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Amen. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. Hey, if you would like, if you have a country on the World Watch List that you would like us to focus on, we encourage you to email us at podcast at odcan.org and tell us what country you want us to do an upcoming podcast on, and we would love to make that happen. Thanks again for listening. As always, if you enjoyed the episode, we'd love for you to subscribe, uh, rate and review the podcast and share it with someone else so that more people can be praying for our persecuted family around the world. God bless you. See you next week.
1: Thank you for listening to this episode of World Watch Weekly from Open Doors Canada. For more information on how to pray for our persecuted family, please visit our website, www.opendoorsca.org. Click Get Involved and then click Prayer.